the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. I speak to you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> One of my very best friends and most influential figures in my life is a high school teacher. In fact, over 30 years ago, she was my high school teacher, the kind of teacher who inspires you each day in the classroom with a passion for the subject and deep care for her students. As a great traveler, she taught us about the world and then accompanied us as the chaperone on school trips to Europe and Russia, helping me develop from a tourist into a traveler. She inspired us to care deeply about the world, developing in us the belief that we could change it for the better, accompanying us on trips to Washington, D.C. for protests, the most memorable of which was the Great Peace March in 1986, where hundreds of thousands joined the hundreds who had walked from Los Angeles to D.C. to draw attention to the growing danger of nuclear proliferation. After 40 years of teaching, Cindy has changed the course of thousands of lives. And she is still plugging away. She's now focused on teaching global studies and human geography, a course I didn't even know existed when I was in high school. She helps students connect how our human decisions and behavior influence others around the world and indeed change our planet itself. Now, Cindy is like all the best teachers out there, intense. She works harder than anyone I know. She is able to marshal vast amounts of information, distill it, and help her students understand it. But when you're teaching a subject as large as she is, focusing on how we humans have behaved over the course of history and how we're behaving now and how that all is changing the earth, well, there's a lot of hard information to share with 17 and 18-year-olds. They have to talk about the unequal distribution of resources, poverty, war, and with increasing alarm, how all of what we do is changing the climate of our planet. How our use of fossil fuels has, is warming our planet and the already devastating consequences of that. So each day, Cindy shares another story with her students about all of this. And finally, delightfully, as students will, they revolted. They couldn't take all of this bad news. After all, if you're only 17, there's a long life ahead of you and you don't want to imagine it only on an awful burning planet. So Cindy promised her students that for every hard story she had to share with them, like the rise of climate refugees or our refusal to act fast enough to avert climate change or the consequences of fast fashion and cheap clothing on the environment and the economy 
or yet another story of humans oppressing others. For every one of the stories that makes one feel overwhelmed and hopeless, Cindy promised to bring them a story of hope. A time when we decided to act on what we know about global warming, to listen to science. Times when we create new technologies that allow us to recycle our waste responsibly, and so on. But when we had dinner last week in Pittsburgh, she admitted this to me. The good stories are there, but they're so small. They're inspiring, but she worries they aren't enough to counteract all the other things that we're doing and have been doing to one another and to the planet. And I know what she means. Sometimes it seems pretty dark out there. All you have to do is look at the front page of a newspaper or listen to the evening news or the worst idea of all, scroll through the feeds of your social media to know that the world is going to hell in a handbasket. It always is. Sometimes it seems like it's getting worse. Sometimes it is getting worse. And that could be enough to discourage us, to make us give up, to turn inward, caring only about ourselves and those we love, believing that there's no point in doing anything, that the dark is rising, and we just have to figure out how to hunker down and survive. But Cindy's students know what we need in dark times. We need hope, not false hope, not unfounded optimism, but glimmers of the good, signs that all is not lost, reminders of how humans can and should act. As the great politician and activist Harvey Milk is famous for saying, you gotta give them hope. And that great gay icon is joined by the gentle Mr. Rogers, who during national crises advised adults how to comfort children by doing what his mother did for him when there was a crisis or catastrophe. Always look for the helpers, she'd tell me. There's always someone who is trying to help. I did, and I came to see that the world is full of doctors and nurses police and firemen, volunteers, neighbors and friends who are ready to jump in to help when things go wrong. And whenever in the face of dark events, bleak catastrophes, if you're feeling despair, worried that all is going and has gone wrong, I commend the writer Rebecca Solnit to you. She has popularized the work of disaster sociologists. Who even knew that was a category? In two of her books, she takes the work of these disaster sociologists and popularizes them. Her books are Hope in the Dark, Untold Histories, Wild Possibilities, and A Paradise Built in Hell. 
the extraordinary communities that arise in disaster. In both of those books, Solnit examines disasters, 9-11, the great earthquake of San Francisco, New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina. And she looks past all the media frenzy and the disaster reporting, the government warnings of terror and chaos and that people are going to turn on one another. And rather, she gathers amazing stories of how humans care for one another, creating brand new networks during crises, even when the government fails to provide. She tells the stories more of us need to hear, to know so that we can have hope even in the dark, including an amazing tale that after the attacks of 9-11, a spontaneously assembled flotilla of boats, ranging from a yacht appropriated by policemen to a historic fireboat, evacuated 300 to 500,000 people from lower Manhattan a nautical feat on the scale of the British evacuation of an army from Dunkirk in the early days of the Second World War. The fleet, the one that was just made up of average citizens like you and me that commandeered boats in the rivers, that fleet rescued in a few hours as many people as the British fleet rescued in days. We know there's darkness in our own lives and in the world. I don't have to rehearse all the times in history when things have seemed hopeless, when humans have cruelly hurt one another, of natural disasters causing chaos. The dark is real and can seem terrible and overwhelming, yet somehow hope survives and always will. And we know this because the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it, will not overcome it. Now here's the thing, the dark does not disappear. It may grow until it seems all encompassing. It may even seem to win during various epochs in our history, various periods in our own lives, it will not disappear before the end of time. But, but, the light will never, ever go out. The word became flesh. God chose to join us as one of us, to dwell among us. The light didn't just join us, but became one of us. And because Christ became what we are, we too have light, can shine light. Because the light shines in the darkness, we have hope. Because we have seen times when the dark seems to have won. It looked to have won on the cross. But we know that the light never goes out. And because of all of that, we can have hope. 
we can offer hope, even in, especially in, the darkness. And so, beloved, on this first and last Sunday of Christmas, on this cusp of the year to begin 2018, I suspect that you're beginning to make resolutions. And go ahead, plan to eat healthily in 2018. Promise you're gonna exercise 30 minutes a day. Make sure that you will not procrastinate. Put those all on the resolutions list. But please put this at the top. In 2018, no matter how dark things get or seem in life, point to the light. Be light. You gotta give them hope. And light shines in the darkness. And darkness shall never, ever overcome it. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.